0: Hello and welcome to What's a Story Ghost? I'm your host, Jeanette. And
1: I'm Stephen.
0: And today we are on episode 34. Stephen! Yes. We're going to Alcatraz! Ta-da. We're not actually going to Alcatraz, but you've mentioned it three times since we started the podcast, so I figured I'd cover an episode on it. McCrackle? McCrackle crack. Dear Mama, you asked me to keep my correspondence practice up, so I decided I'd keep a log and send it to you. Don't worry, I'm not homesick just yet. I thought maybe you'd like to know how the new post is going. I just finished unpacking my suitcase in the quarters I've been assigned. Yes, I folded what needed folding and hung what needed hanging. Although I've been told they're more concerned here with our ability to work than how pressed our uniform is, but I don't imagine the rest of the job is as laxadaisy. Nothing really interesting tonight to report. I just thought I'd tell you I miss you and will look forward to your reply. All my love, Ned. Dear Mama, it's quite full on here, learning all the drills and duties. Alcatraz is not like other places I've worked. I feel like a newbie. Some of the worst of the worst get sent here, so we have to count the prisoners up to 13 times a day. One of the more seasoned guards has taken me under his wing, and he's been showing me the ropes. I know you said it's just as important to be professional as it is to be friendly with my colleagues, so I've tried to socialise, albeit a bit hard on the island, but we do have a bowling alley. Some of the other officers' families live here on the island with them, so I'm attending a dinner party tonight. Wish me luck. Yes, I'm wearing a tie. All my love, Ned. Dear Mama, I know you won't have received my last letter yet, but I needed to get some words down on paper. I knew Alcatraz was old. I was never in any doubt of that. I knew it was used as a military fort in the 1800s, And maybe it's a bit of hazing from them, but the other officers were telling me at the dinner party tonight that the island is much older. Apparently Native Americans used to call it an evil island. They'd bring their people here as a form of punishment. They believed they'd be tormented by evil souls that roamed the island, and the especially bad ones would be left here to die. And then their souls would be tormented for eternity. I didn't think it was appropriate to talk in front of the ladies at the dinner party, but they weren't fazed by it at all, as they reportedly heard some disembodied voices themselves. I know it's not nice conversation for our letters, but I thought I would share it with you since you used to tell us your mother was a sensitive. I'll let you know if I see anything worth writing home about. All my love, Ned. Dear Mama, thank you for your reply. It means the world to me to receive your letters from home. I've never been surrounded by so many people and yet felt so isolated and lonely. One thing for sure I do appreciate is the food here. Some of the kitchen staff are from culinary backgrounds and with that they take great pride in what they serve. Our meal times are a little different but the prisoner's schedule goes as follows. Breakfast is at 6.45am, that could be stewed fruit, cereal, milk, bread and coffee. Lunch is at 11.40am, which is usually the biggest meal of the day, and can be soup and meat, like a roasted pork shoulder or beef pot pie. It doesn't have a stitch on your pie, mama, but it is a comfort eating something familiar. And then dinner is at 4.25pm, and that can include leftovers from lunch creatively put together, and then desserts like apple pie, cake or jello. Needless to say, I might look a little plumper the next time I'm home on leave, All my love, Ned. Dear Mama, I hope you are well. I know in your last letter you were saying you were under the weather. Not much to update in the line of spirits or apparitions here. It's been quiet, although that could be because I've been positioned on the solitary confinement section in cell block D. It's hard not to feel sorry for the unfortunate souls of these men. Solitary is the only place in the prison where the rule of silence is still mandatory. The whole prison used to be subjected to the rule, but it was done away with because it seemed too cruel and it was hard to enforce. But as well as that, these prisoners spend 24 hours a day in their cells. I imagine the walls tend to close in a bit when you're in there for that long period. So to stop the prisoners from going insane, they can leave their cell once a week to spend some time in the recreation yard. Some of the inmates call it the hole, and they say a day in the hole can feel like an eternity. Sorry about that, the words just kept coming to me. Oh my love, Ned. Dear Mama, so good to hear you're feeling better. How did Dad find cooking while you were on bed rest? Never been his strong point. I was thinking, maybe you and Dad could come to San Francisco for a visit. I'll be honest, the thought came to mind because the officers and I were having dinner the other evening and they were telling me about the Snitch Box. It's the nickname the prisoners gave the metal detectors. They're very sensitive and can sometimes be set off by the buckles on some of the prisoners' shoes and the likes. But the worst false alarm was when Al Capone's mother and brother came to visit him while he was serving a sentence here. Unfortunately, and forgive me for being so crude... But apparently the metal clasps on his mother's corset kept setting off the metal detectors, forcing her to strip down. Anyway, let me know if you can make it out. I'd love to show you the city. All my love, Ned. Dear Mama, I'm sorry it's been a while since I wrote. I've not been well. I wish I could say it was the harsh weather or doing the night rounds, and I suppose walking the parameter out at the fences and the rain doesn't help but it's more of an illness of my mind. I can't sleep. And when I do, the nightmares mama are so bad. The other guards say I'll soon get used to the noises I hear when in fact there's no one there, but I don't think I ever will. Again, dinner conversation with the other officers tonight led to talking about a prisoner named Joe Bowers. He was an inmate who attempted suicide. He really wasn't well. But when his attempt failed, he got desperate and climbed the outer fence knowing he'd be shot. He fell 75 feet to certain death. I was walking near that fence tonight when Mama, I am sure, I heard a cry and a low rumbling moaning. It was coming from the direction of the fence, but it sounded like it originated below the surface. In the prison's lifetime of 1,545 inmates, there's been 14 attempts to escape, involving 36 prisoners, so God knows who or what I heard. I feel like I need to take some time off soon. Maybe a rest a bit, or a visit home. All my love, Ned. Okay, Mama. I am losing my mind. I know you said in your last letter to give it time, but I really feel like I'm losing my grip on reality. I was doing the rounds outside on a particularly nasty night, And yes, it's not ideal, but it has to be done. A prisoner isn't going to postpone their plan to escape on account of the rain, so I understand the duty I have to stay vigilant and aware. So to ensure I was alert, I had a strong cup of coffee and made sure I slept well before my night shift. Let me explain first. The island originally had a lighthouse, but it was torn down when the prison changed from a military prison to a federal prison and replaced with another lighthouse. But mama, as true as I am writing this letter myself, I saw the old lighthouse tonight. Please explain to me how a whole structure just manifests itself. I'm gonna request some manual leave. You need to sleep. All my love, Ned. Dear mama, I'm very sorry I worried you so much in my last letter. I feel like I should have told my superiors very early on when I was starting to struggle. My CEO sat with me yesterday and told me he too has seen, heard, and even felt things. It doesn't make me any less afraid, but I feel very much less alone. He told me about when the US military first took over Alcatraz Island. It was in 1847, and they built the military prison. But it was later used to hold captured confederates during the Civil War. Around 50 soldiers and sympathisers were imprisoned in the basement of the guardhouse, and many died due to horrible conditions. Forced to live without heat, running water, bathrooms, the prisoners were given very little food, bound together with six-foot chains, and squeezed into a small space with a cold stone floor. Those who acted out against the mistreatment were punished horrendously. Even if, and obviously some did, but even if no one died of the 50, due to the conditions or illness or brutality, all that negative energy must be still lingering around the island, on top of the prisoners from today who have died here, and the evils the Native Americans talked about. Such sadness and pain. Again, I'm so sorry to worried you, Mama. I think I'm gonna be okay. They're gonna make movies about this place, mark my word. All my love, Ned. Alcatraz was a max security federal prison. It operated from 1934 to 1963, but something lived there long before it was used as a military fort, and even earlier than that. Most Alcatraz prisoners were kept in B blocks and C blocks, known affectionately as Broadway. This area has been said to be haunted by many visitors, guards and park rangers. Despite hearing sounds of men running, night watchmen have found no one on the upper levels. It's also been reported that visitors have heard voices talking, moaning or sobbing, noticed cold spots and strange smells in these areas. As well as visitors today witnessing ghostly events, prisoners reported seeing strange floating orbs, hearing whispers and seeing doors slam even after they've been closed. Some guards have reported seeing apparitions, including a group of Native Americans who mysteriously vanished. All the movies about great escapes or great historical documentaries really can't explain what those prisoners went through. The sense of dread, cold, and unease that people describe today are just feelings left behind by the prisoners whose footsteps you're walking in. What do you think of that story? That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you happy to cover it? Yeah,
1: I love, I love altitudes. Yeah. There's... I spent a lot of the time thinking about the movie, and that was the funny, the latter bit. He was like, I
0: reckon they're going to write this, like this. And I was like, <laughs> You are so right, Ned. I, I, sw- I don't for one second think that it's an easy job. I think the mental strain on prison guards is, I wouldn't say glossed over, but kind of Hollywoodized. When we were covering Kilmainham Jail, I fell down a rabbit hole of watching the documentary that was done on, I think it was RTE or something, about Mountjoy. Oh, yeah. And some of the prison guards there were saying. Same that, from there. Oh, something about cheese. Oh, what was it? What was it?
1: Cheese. Wasn't it easy? No, it's not cheese that I'm thinking of. What is it? Cornflakes for breakfast. Oh, yeah. Cornflakes for dinner. (laughs) I'm going to turn into a bleeding cornflake.
0: No, but the guards there were saying that there's a, a, a very fine tipping balance that you have to have of being friendly with the prisoners to keep everybody happy and calm and somewhat sane. But then at the same time you can't let it be seen that you're soft because you're still there to keep order you're still there because they are in prison for doing something they shouldn't have done. but I, I just I was trying to imagine like nearly like a, an office's log and um, and then I was thinking, well if I was going to write to anyone it'd be to write home to, to have something because when you move to the island, you don't just work on the island, you move to the island. I didn't know that. I did do a little bit of reading up on the the movie. So there's two movies. I'm thinking of the one with Clint Eastwood.
1: Oh, I don't know that
0: one. That's what the main one is based on. So the escape of the four, well, it's supposed to be four men, but it's actually only three men that managed to escape.
1: Oh, no, Escape from Alcatraz. Escape from Alcatraz. I have that one, It's one of, it came as a box set with the DVD that I got for, guess what the film I'm talking about is? Papillon. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
0: That's cool. I must watch that, though, just Happy. to try and. Oh, yeah. But just for anyone who hasn't actually seen the movie, because I hadn't, uh, it was in 1962. Uh, it was Clarence and John Anglin, they were brothers, Alan West and Frankly Morris. Frankly Morris was apparently the ringleader. He had an IQ of 133, he was in the top 2% of the population. That man was redonkulously smart. John and Clarence were brothers, as I said, uh, they were born into a family of 13 children. The men had an ingenious plan, uh, which included decoy heads. They made them from concrete, paint, hair, actual hair, because one of the guys um, had a job in the barbershop. And then they used makeshift tools. So you were lucky if you managed to get a spoon past the snitch box. But the rest of it was just tools that they made out of things that you would never put together to make some sort of a little shovel. Um, but what happened was because they were all burglars, but non-violent, they kind of fell under the radar with the rest of the guards because the guards were dealing with like murderers. So anyone who was non-violent, they kind of they just less all. Yeah, um, so much so that the four men, <laughs> the four men originally asked to be put beside each other, and the guys went, "Oh yeah, sure, no worries." So they got four cells side by side. In prisons, obviously, you're not going to have a, a, a vent with screws exposed. Mm. that you could just remove and then whatever. But there was one. So what they did was they all dug a hole out of the vent in their own room um, so that they could all basically meet up in the one directly underneath the the vent with the no concrete. So they made covers for the holes in their room out of cardboard and paint and grate. And the, it was so elaborate. I actually had... Because it went well last time the pictures, I figured I would show you. I'm not 100% sure too much information on Alan West. All I know is that he didn't make it because he misjudged the width of the hole that he carved. So when they all said, right, okay, we're all ready to go. He hadn't carved a hole big enough, couldn't fit through. God love him, frankly, Morris did actually try his best to help him, but it was just too difficult and they were running out of time. So the choice had to be made. Um, so the plan was that they would climb upward through 30 feet of plumbing to the roof. Bear in mind, they, they built a craft out of 50 wrinkles um, that, that they towed with them through. Uh, 30 feet of piping to the roof. Once there, they made their way across the roof, down 50 feet of piping, then across the main courtyard, sneaking past the guards. And then they found their way to the shore where they inflated the, they floated, where they inflated the flotation device. Um, and then they were off. Now, the FBI investigation was closed December 31st, 1979. And according to officials, they most likely, uh, the most likely outcome was that the men had drowned in San Francisco Bay, which is exactly what I would say. If I couldn't solve a case.
1: But I happen to know... Go. The Mythbusters... Yes. Did this. And when you said it crawled through the mud, and then when you started said making the flotation, yeah. I was like, I've seen Jamie and the fella he doesn't really like on a show do this. <laughs> and they, I, think, uh, I think the outcome was it could be done.
0: Yes, because they... They vulcanised the rubber raincoats together, and that's how they ended up making their raft. Now, you know as much as I do now. Obviously, we don't know now because you haven't done the swim yet. Please, God, we do get to do it. But there have been a couple of escapes where people have died because they just got caught in storms and then they got pulled out to sea. These guys, what their plan was, was to rob a car and then go their separate ways. And I don't know if one was going to drive the car and just drop the other two off as he went along. But there was never any...
1: Careful escape. Yes.
0: Yeah, no, that's the, the yeah. economic way to do it. There was never any mention of any Grand Theft Auto. There was never any mention of any bank robberies. There was never any mention of any, even just general mugging a guy on the street for his jacket so it doesn't look like he just came off the rock. There was never any mention of anyone that fit their description. So either they died or prison worked and they were rehabilitated and they never committed any other crimes and lived happily ever after. That's my theory. Sorry, what? So, <laughs> they escaped? They either escaped and died. Cause you can or they didn't. Or they escaped and they didn't die and they never committed any other I crimes. I see what
1: you mean. I misunderstood. Because they, they,
0: there was no other crimes committed where people would say, oh, he was five foot six with dark hair and had a mustache or whatever now i have some discussy bits in case you wanted any other information like say on the cells or the first warden oh earned activities so like i said if you were a good or a model inmate you were Mm -hmm. allowed to have a job so the way it would work you could work time served i think is the way that they said it for each month that you worked within your first year you got two days off your sentence so essentially if you do one year yeah. you get 24 days off your sentence. Now, the only thing is no one's going to get a job when in the first year. You have to prove that you're a model inmate. Right. But essentially, if you get a 10-year sentence, you could easily knock about 528 days off that just by going in, doing your job, That's keeping your head down, your socks up. Yeah, yeah it's it's years. just shy. It's, a, it's just under two years. But people would do it just keeping themselves busy. But the other thing that It's I a win-win.
1: Getting, like, if you're stuck in there... It just seems to me like I'd rather just be kept doing something yeah. more than in than my own mind.
0: Plus, five to 12 cents doesn't sound like a lot, but when a bar of soap is something that's classed as a luxury, like you get usual stuff that yeah. is the basic. But the one thing that I thought was absolutely brilliant was the prison band, and they were called the Rock Islanders. Yeah. And Al Capone begged, pleaded, and um, borrowed to get in and eventually he did and he wrote uh, he wrote home a letter to I think it was his brother or his son and he said that he'd learned how to play the tenor guitar the tenor banjo and was learning how to play the mandala he learned over like 500 songs so between half five and half seven in the evening time you were allowed to play your instruments if you did before that or after that you'd be reprimanded, and your instrument would be taken from you because you were allowed to buy like again model inmates were allowed to buy so when people think, oh, how did they manage to the guys who escaped? How did they manage to do all that without making noise? I'm like, okay, one, it's it's a noisy place regardless. Yeah. But they did a lot of their digging or a lot of their craft, their, their carving between five and seven when yeah. it was super noisy because everyone was chatting and singing and playing music. Did you know anything about the Battle of Alcatraz? No. So there was a massive riot. I think it was in 1946. Six prisoners overpowered the guards and stole their weapons and it looked like they had the upper hand and then they realised that of all the guards that they were holding hostage, no one of them had the key to the wreck yard so it was confined to the one area and basically they just started shooting. Three prisoners died, two guards died but it lasted two days and then the few prisoners that did seize the opportunity and managed to make it to shore were re-arrested and brought back but a few weren't but their bodies were never found and I'm like, so did they escape or did they not escape? I if
1: you didn't, no, I don't. but also
0: did. Do you have any questions for me?
1: I do not, but I do have some people. Okay, go! Okay, so there's, two, there's only really two people in this that have any real character, and that's Ned. Yes. And, oh, and the ghost that he thinks he so. saw, so it's uh, the voice from... Joe Bauer, yeah. Joe Bauer, so uh, Ned, I call him Ned Fathers. Uh, I think Tom Holland. Yeah! Like because he's just a young, innocent... I love you... and then I want to say this chap here is Charlie Hector who's that he plays Jonathan in Stranger Things so he can easily play a well disturbed young man now remind me again
0: Jonathan sorry I didn't mean to go across you Jonathan is Will's brother yes okay okay yeah I can see it I can see it yes I can see it. He looks like a tormented soul. Though, he he?
1: But before he got with Nancy for a while.
0: Spoiler for anyone who hasn't started to yeah. watch Stranger Things. They're really You're good. The I can one. see that. I, I know. I think I am literally the last person in the world. Okay. I'm excited. We have a new section of the show. Go. Cool. Yeah. So the new segment is based on the fact that every time I start a new episode, I start with Wikipedia and then it's a great kind of base. After that, I have to fact check everything because anyone can write anything on Wikipedia. And now I have all this useless information in my head from times that I have just fallen down a rabbit hole. Now, I racked my brain trying to come up with a really cool name for this part of the the show. And I've just decided to name it the rabbit hole I fell down this week. What do you reckon?
1: Sorry, it was (laughs) mid-drink.
0: Sounds great. Okay, so today's... Information comes from Miss Mojo on YouTube. It's the top 10 Wizard of Oz facts that will ruin your childhood. I apologize in advance. I am very sorry. Spit up. Uh, so number 10. The character Dorothy was named after the author's niece who died in infancy. Did you think that cowardly lion costume was a little too real looking? No. Yeah, it was. made from actual lion skin and fur. And clearly someone was into that book because it sold for like $3 at auction.
1: Back when that
0: film was made? No, 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 no. Years, years later. and um, That was made in the 30s, as far as I remember. Okay. Number eight! And this is where it came from because you and I were discussing this last week. The snow on the poppy field scene was asbestos.
1: Oh, that's good for you.
0: Yep, because it was flaky and light and fluffy and little. I mean, nobody... I don't think anyone knew back then it caused cancer. But yeah, Devon. The Tin Man, who was originally supposed to be played by Ray Bolger, and Scarecrow, who was originally supposed to be played by Buddy Epson, switched roles, Uh, but it kind of backfired. Scarecrow was the dream role for Ray Bolger, so he convinced them to switch them, but Buddy Epson had a severe aluminum reaction, um, so bad that he ended up hospitalized, and when they realized that he wasn't going to get better in time for the production to continue, they replaced him with who we now know as Tin Man, uh, Jack Hayes. Number six. Judy Garland was forced to lose weight. She endured horrific comments from MGM executives, with some including studio head Lewis B. Mayer, calling her a... Now, I don't remember. I don't know what you remember, but I don't remember. A fat little pig with pigtails. He put her on a diet of chicken soup, coffee and cigarette. She was what age? Baby. Baby, baby, baby. Because back then, they didn't give two flutes no. about child laws and work. we'll get to that, but there's more. Number five, Margaret Hamilton, the Wicked Witch, uh, suffered a horrific injury while filming because the elevator below the set malfunctioned during the scene where she disappeared in a cloud of red smoke and fire. Um, they went with the original rehearsal shot that didn't involve any bodily harm, obviously, um, but also her green makeup was so toxic that she could only ingest food in liquid form, so they would basically have to blend all of her food for her and she would be just having a Juice smoothie
1: why because the green paint mm. if, if she the... ate
0: it like if she had a sandwich and the green paint got on the the bread oh i
1: see what you mean they have to Ill, pass, yeah yeah well, they have to throw bread sandwiches from, from a bread. don't let it hit your face
0: yeah but they just blended everything or yeah. if she was just on a, pretty much the same chicken broth i suppose as cornell doherty number four <laughs> director victor fleming slapped Julie Garland During the Cowardly Lions Big entrance Julie Garland Could not stop laughing Fleming apparently Felt so bad afterwards That he asked the crew To punch him in the face As punishment For his boorish behaviour Instead She pops up And plants a kiss On his nose Because like Welcome to the 30s Where you have to keep Your manager Or the director Or the writer Or whoever sweet Because if you screw up As a female actress You're screwed But like you and I can attest to this. We have, what, five and a half minutes of bloopers? Today, but,
1: we have five and a half minutes of today
0: bloopers. <laughs> but we have, like, five and a half minutes of bloopers. And, yeah, we have a giggle and we have a laugh, and sometimes it's tongue twisters, and sometimes it's me saying something silly or saying something wrong, or whatever. We get on with it, and that's fine. But I think back then, the way they saw it was, every single second we are shooting film is costing. Mm. So, I don't know. I'm not making excuses Sorry for the much. man, but... It, yeah, blue. Number three. Judy Garland became addicted to pep pills during filming. They were provided by her own mama. Yeah, a It is very well documented, her addiction to narcotics and alcohol throughout her career, but it actually started during the Wizard of Oz. Because what they would do is, to help her sleep, they'd give her downers, and then to wake her up, they'd give her uppers, but they'd give her so many of them so she could work 72 hours straight. And then she'd sleep. And then she'd wake up and do it again. And then she'd sleep and she'd wake up and do it again. And eventually it got to the stage where she had no idea how to fall asleep or wake up without some sort of medical assistance. I know. Uh, number two. <laughs> the Munchkins were out of control. Uh, according to Garland's ex-husband, some of the male actors playing Munchkins would regularly show up to set hungover to bits. And would act in a disorderly and extremely unprofessional manner, tormenting Julie Garden. On one occasion, one of them tried to put their hand up her skirt. They would drink in nearby bars after their shift and get arrested. But because they were so essential to the film's most important scenes, the studio just kept bailing them out. So it got so bad that they just assigned someone to watch over them. And number one, for all of our doggo lovers, Toto made more money than the munchkins. Yeah. Isn't that the best way to end? yes because all of the rest of the stuff was crap so basically dogs were treated better than any of the actors or actresses so those are our weird facts that I found uh, during the week the rabbit hole that I fell down that's very good okay I think we'll finish up there say words yeah so thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you have any questions on today's or any other episodes please feel free to DM us on our Instagram it's What's the story Ghost. and if you have any personal stories of your own that you would like to share our email is whatsthestoryghost at gmail.com
1: and on that note exit jingle
0: <laughs> bye
1: bye